From the art of the deal to keeping it real. Keeping it real. Live from the Simply Vegas studios, it's the Power Move with John Gafford. Back again, back again, back again. And counselor, dude, it's been like a month since I've seen you, I think. Two, three been that weeks, long? maybe. It's yeah. been it's it's been that long, dude. It's it's been a hot second. Did take a, a little bit of time off because yeah, got some projects going on and things happen. Life. But we're back. And uh our IQ went level yeah. on the show. <laughs> you know, you, you, were, you, you, you weren't here when I came up with it though. Uh oh. Because I had a debate and it was and literally we put it on on the gram. I forgot about this. I've been called it like four times. Uh, I, I know we have. Random, we put it on there and I was like people walking I was like, by me. Yeah, do we do do we do a Bulgarian mongoose or do we switch it? I thought the new one, because I was watching LSU play and it hit me, the money badger. For Colt. And I put it up on social media. It was a 50-50 vote. And I could see the disdain you already have for it. Oh, or is it just the love for the Bulgarian mongoose? Yeah, I, I mean, just, people come up to me like... You know what the problem with the Bulgarian badger. mongoose is that it's not good to have that stick. What was good was a new one every week. Yeah. But the Bulgarian mongoose <laughs> was the one where I just felt like we were on top of the mountain. Yeah. Like, where do you go? Like, from I think the, at the top of the mountain. So you go... Do you keep doing that? You try to improve, no, you innovate, you or you, you just can't climb any higher. You just run with it. You think I look like the money badger with my ascot? You know, in I all did, fairness, we didn't talk about the ascot today. If you if you showed me a picture of a man with an ascot, it would be money badger. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, he, he, he just tipped the, he tipped well, the money, badger, money badger, uh, uh, the money badger, money uh, badger, uh, whatever is it is, sexy ascot, whatever it is. <laughs> Colt Amadan joins us on the Power Move today, oh. and as well as always, the counselor Chris Connell. I am your host, John Gafford, and welcome to the Power Move. This is a show where we talk about business, we talk about life, we talk about lots of stuff. But we're going to start talking about something a little more specific here for the next little bit. Is this me banging or no, you banging or who's banging? You. That's me banging. I'll turn it off. Sorry. But we're going to talk about a couple of things uh, that are important because number one, I've been working on a side project, which is why I haven't been here. And I have been working on a book and that book is getting close to having some framework and having some things. And as we have the chapters laid out and kind of the general idea of how those, this, this deal is going to go, I want to kind of start breaking the podcast down into individual chapters that we already have. And I want to kind of get some feedback from you. So you listening at home or you watching on YouTube, do me a favor, comment back, hit us up. If you see this clip somewhere uh, floating around on the, on, on social media, if you're watching it in its entirety, if you're listening to it, if go you to, manage at Chili's, whatever it is. No, no, if you don't manage Chili's, <laughs> your, your opinion matters not to me if you work at Chili's, but if you, uh, anywhere that you may see this, if you see it somewhere where you're not, somewhere you can comment, DM me, go on Instagram and DM me and, and tell me the parts of it that resonate with you because this is kind of like my live feedback for how this is going to go. It's going to be real hard to do a scratch and sniff book over podcast. It is. <laughs> it's, a, it's a coloring book. It's going to be your version's a coloring book, Colton. That's what it is. You have a coloring book thing. The but worst thing about reading is my finger gets tired. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. It takes from scratching. <laughs> but anyway, so. This week, we are going to talk about what is chapter one in this book, because really the theme of the book and what it is, is I didn't become, I didn't have any type of large scale success, I would say, or generalized success until I was, you know, in my mid thirties, call me a late bloomer, call it whatever it is. But, you know, you look at it and, you know, Colonel Sanders didn't hit till he was in his sixties. So I was going to say, but, is that a late bloomer? No, 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 no. And I'll tell you why it is. I'll tell you why Take it's the a late tech bloomer. people out of the, the equation. I mean, but yeah, here, that's a skewed variable. No, no, no. Yeah. But, but here's the problem. The problem is now in the age of social media, when you can make a ton of money for doing nothing or doing stuff stupid, 
the benchmark for what you should see or what people do see for success, yeah. that age is skewed down. It, it really is yeah. what it is. You know, it but was I think always real it business was, is not. Well, but here's the thing: it was always. I think success is one of those things. It was always you got time, you got time, you got time, and now with the speed right. of information, everything else, that's compressed. And I can tell you, when I was when I was in my early twenties, mid twenties, whatever it was, and and even in my thirties, and I, I would say I had some cool jobs and I did some cool stuff. You know what I mean? But I never really, I was never really in my own mind successful. And I kind of found myself, you know, when we were working with the with the with the with the editor, and I was coming up with with this with the title for the book, and I was coming up with what it was. We talked about The Apprentice and when I was on The Apprentice and she said, you know, at one point we're talking about, you know, what's the, the biggest thing you learned on The Apprentice? What was it? And I said, well, it was this. I said, it was funny. It didn't come from Trump. It actually came from Mark Burnett. And we were standing there and they were prepping for a shot one day outside of Trump World Tower, which is where they set up and give us a task. And, you know, the production's there and everybody's going. And it was just kind of a, a cluster, right? You could just tell, like, the cranes were, like, this wasn't working. You could tell the jibs weren't, something wasn't right. And it seems like everything was falling apart. And the crew, and Burnett was there. So the crew's all freaking out. And they're running around with their hair on fire because he could be a hard guy to deal with. And uh, Kristen Kirchner, who was on the show with me, as Burnett goes storming by, she says to him, she goes, treading water today, aren't you, Mark? <laughs> right? <laughs> and this dude just turned around on a dime and looked right at her and didn't even think. And he just said, I don't tread water. I swim. Yeah. And just went cool. back to work. And I was like, wow. And I thought, you know, that wow. lesson in itself was so powerful for me because it was like, you know, so much in my life, I just kind of felt I was drifting along with the current. You know, you're just kind of drifting along, man. Just yeah. kind of, just kind of, t- hey, man, wherever the wind takes me. You know what I mean? Let's see which way this flows. And 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 it's really easy to get stuck in that life. I mean, whether you're you're in hospitality. When when I was stuck in that life for a long time, when you you know you make your money, and then at the end of the shift we shut down, and then everybody goes to the bar, and then wash, repeat the next day. Yeah, you know what I mean? Cash, tip everybody out. Yeah, tip it, and it just it's the next day, and it just it's so easy to get caught in that cycle of self-inflicted mediocrity. It's so easy to do. So I wanted to write a book kind of chronicling some of the stories from my life and some of the things I've seen from other people on how to escape the drift is essentially what the book is called. And the first chapter that I really want to talk about today is about where it all starts and ends for me, which is honesty. And I think honesty is something that I find to be one of the most important virtues that it's very easy as a child or as a young person to be in a circumstance that it's, it becomes repetitive and easy to not tell the truth for whatever reason. And you kind of get caught in the cycle of doing that. And if once you start that, it's very difficult to break that cycle. And I think it's about not only being honest with others, but if you're not honest with other people, it prohibits you from being honest with yourself. Sure. I mean, I think that's just where it all begins and ends for me. And so today what I want to talk about was, is honesty. I want to talk about some of the things that you guys may have done in your life where you felt you weren't, you weren't honest <laughs> and why that might've been. And then the cat, like I consider both of you guys to be pretty honest. I mean, Chris, you're a lawyer, so you're as honest as you can be. Oh, oh we'll talk about that. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk, we'll about, talk that. about what that means and, yeah. I, and what I define honesty as because. Which I find that interesting as well. It's like lefty from Donnie Brasco. He's like, Donnie, even when I lie, I tell the truth. You know, <laughs> you know, or whatever. <laughs> Just that whole thing about I don't lie. Lying to me is a refuge for the weak. Mm-hmm. You know, I think if you lie, 
hey, where were you? I was at the Smiths when you were at the Albertsons. I don't care what it is. If you lie, you're just a Same very so uninteresting problem. human being. Well, you said it, you said at one point on the podcast, you said <laughs> you, people that lie don't have the ability to properly frame the truth. <laughs> to come up with a more interesting truth or whatever, right? And you say, oh, you know, I was out. I mean, it's true, right? So vagueness and things. And when you're advocating for people, you always want to kind of neuter the bad facts and accentuate the good facts, right? Mm-hmm. But you never lie. Because if I'm before a judge one time and they catch me lying, yeah. Oh, you're done. But you know, I'm not just done for that judge. This is a small community. Lawyers talk. If you go up there, one attorney, personal injury attorney in town, was called a weasel by a Supreme Court judge or by, by a Ninth Circuit Court judge or something. Called a weasel. Like, you're a weasel. And you know what that means. Oh, it means boy. I've caught you in a lie, you little weasel. And that's a judge on a bench. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. That The, the, the decorum I thought was a little... Yeah. Yeah, I'm like even if a judge got you, there's a way. To were you on the other side? No, 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 no. from him, or uh, like I'm saying, these oh. things circulate. Oh, I'm sure, oh, you especially heard about that. that. Oh, it's so everybody heard, heard yeah. about it. Yeah. So you know, at the end of the day, you don't lie. I never, I've never lied to a judge. Right. What I've done is advocated for my client, which I'm hired to do because hopefully I'm clever enough to do that better than my own dumb client would be if they lied. You know, people yeah. will lie. The average person, you put them in front of a court. Oh, I didn't get that notice. It's like, sir, I have your signature here. Uh, well, that's not my signature. We have a drone footage of you doing it. Oh, well, that's uh, my cousin. He looks like, you know, they, they lie, and then they get buried in that lie, and it's just it's the yeah. end of it. Well, as, as a kid, did either one of you guys have it? Would you call an issue with this? Or no. Would, no, you no. didn't. You didn't. I never, not never at all. had an issue. My, what about you, Colt? My dad had a rule. Was what was like, the rule? Don't talk back to your mother. Don't, ever, don't do something behind my back. He had three rules. Don't lie to your Don't Don't talk back to your mother. Don't do something behind my back. You wouldn't do it in front of my face, which is a bullshit rule. And I've talked, I've told him that after yeah. the fact. That's a bullshit rule. My kid's gonna do stuff behind my back, and I need them to go do it to learn. But anyway, yeah, right. the third one is just don't lie to me. Yeah. yeah, like if you did something, like, like let's figure it out. And he wouldn't like I didn't come home to a beating if something went bad. You know, so yeah. just don't lie to me, and we'll figure it out. Yep. Well, my dad, my dad said the same thing. He's like, you kill somebody, tell me the truth. Just don't lie it's to me. It's going to be worse, right? It's way worse. Yeah. I mean, I, as a kid, I can remember. It wasn't a kid. Probably like later on. You know, teenage years. I lied about one thing, but it it, it is to because it would have wrecked somebody else's life, right? So that's that's one time. But no, my my family used to just sit there oh. and say, "Tell tell the truth," it, you know, and it's true, right? Like you tell the truth, yeah, you might get in some trouble, but you get caught lying, it's a lot worse, you know. And yeah, Copeland's up a good point though. What's that? He goes, "I lied to prevent somebody else's life from being ruined." Yeah. In that instance, I'm a hundred percent. Like if somebody asks you a question on your business, yeah, you know, like a personal question. Hey, did this person tell you this? And it's none of their business. Mm. I'm now at the age where I don't care. I just say that's none of your business. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm at the level and age yeah. where I can confidently yeah. tell you that's none of your business. Yeah. Don't even ask like you, me. You'd leave out facts, right? I leave out so facts all, all the time. time. There's none of your like, business. That's what my mom used to be like. God damn it, you're so sneaky. I'm like, I'm not sneaky. But just sneaky. Ask stop me asking me questions yeah. that are none of your business. He, yeah. he, here, here, here's the thing. Like, I find that, like, with me as a kid, like, it wasn't, it wasn't lying to stay out of trouble. That's not the, that's not the kind of lying that I'm talking about. It was, it was feeling the need to lie to belong. And this is something that started when I was a very young kid, man. I mean, you know, my parents got divorced and, you know, when I was a young kid, 
as, as you know, as at least 50% of the people listening to this tap to you as well. And, uh, you know, there should be a, there should be a, 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 a rule somewhere that says you should not divorce, divorce a Southern lawyer in a small Southern That's town. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a really stupid plan. It's unwritten. Somewhere. Yeah. It's unwritten somewhere, but my mom did not exactly do great in the divorce. And, and part of the settlement was, you know, we got to keep the house in the nicest neighborhood of my small Southern town. Uh, but there's no money. You know what I mean? So here we are, you know, you're, you're, you're starting out in life and you're already like posing, you know what I mean? It's already like, I'm hanging out with all the rich kids, but I ain't got two nickels to scrub together. We live in a country club. So I gotta, you know, you know, you're just, you, you just wind up making shit up to try to like, just fit in, which is just stupid. That's Dave just Chappelle did the same thing, but that's What's a, that? Dave Chappelle. He's like, I'm not from the hood. You guys just all assume that. He goes, I was just a broke guy in middle class, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. but I think, I think, I think a lot of people did. You know, as a kid, I didn't really do go through that because everything I was tied to was sports related. Me you too. can't lie was, about sports, right? You can't be like, oh, I made ten touchdowns. No, he didn't. I, I, we watched yeah, games. I watched the game. Yet. No, that's actually that's a really good point. Yeah. I, I most of my life focused around sports, sports and not the social. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't have to try to impress people because yeah. where I'm from, people didn't have stuff. Yeah. Like, like really looking back on it, you look at some of the wealth, you know, just the picture, the things you've done and seen and experienced yourself, mm -hmm. that level of wealth didn't exist where oh, I'm no. from. If you're no. a lawyer or a doctor in my town, you were, you're you, the were you were banging. rich, but yeah. there was, there was a dozen of you. Yeah. yeah. You know, there wasn't a lot of you and you're, and when you're a lawyer in a small town, you're getting paid the wages of you know you're getting paid the right. hourly fees yeah. of people in that town mm -hmm. so i guarantee you know Not in mulberry it, right? i don't think attorneys yeah. fees are 400 an hour <laughs> you know i don't well, think they were yeah i mean again i just but i think a lot of people do this and oh, i mean i it, think so you know, i know they do I, the reason i said i didn't because i just i well, tied so I mean, look, much of sports right well, well, but, well look don't, don't get me wrong i still, I still there was some there, there was also some lies along the way to keep my ass out of trouble yeah, i mean we, yeah, we were yeah, laughing yeah, yeah, yeah. of course if you have siblings and you're older i love the fact that when you get with your parents sometimes and you start outing each other yeah. over shit you did when you were younger <laughs> um like the, your early 30s oh I no no like at yeah. like late 20s early well, 30s the, the, you can the, start the, outing the, stuff the, the best one i had the best one i had was was I was making fun of my sister for something she did. I don't remember in front of my mom and I don't know, maybe she took acid and went to a dead show or something. Who knows what it was. Right. And, uh, and we're outing this in front of my mom. And I was like, really? And then my sister goes, well, really mom, at least I never caused you to commit insurance fraud. And I was like, I'm sorry. What, 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 what was that? What's and, the statute of limitations yeah, on that yeah, before I, we go any yeah, further? No, I'm, I'm pretty sure I've looked it up and whatever, but it's not there. But no, so, so I don't know if I've told you guys the story or not, but I'm talking yeah. now. So, what happened was when I was 12 years old, uh, me and my friend Corey Daigle, who's since deceased, so uh, I guess I would have to take the heat on this with my own if the statute of limitation not up, but we're playing match flick in our house, which is where you take the box of kitchen matches and you flick them at each other and they light in the air. <laughs> we're playing this game in my house and um, all of a sudden there's a knock at the door and I'm like, oh, who's that? And we had these big heavy wooden doors on the front of the house that were always a bitch to open, like the lock right. didn't work, right? And uh, anyway, so I go to the door, I'm trying to open the door and Corey starts hitting me in the back of the shoulder. He's like, bro, 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 bro. And I turn around and the living room's on fire. Like the drapes are on fire, the couch no is on shit. fire, the carpet's on fire. I'm like, the room is on fire, right? Like you see, like you see in the movies with the smoke, like it's crawling, yeah. like backdraft going up the wall, right? I'm like, holy shit. So I'm yelling, the, the house is on fire, it's on fire, it's on fire. So anyway, these the pe guys that came to the house were were two so, some you know call them North Florida juvenile delinquents whoever they were, and the 
16, 17 year old range who had come, they were doing a car wash. My sister was, and these guys were coming to our house to get another bucket and a hose. And so anyway, they came in, they put the fire out, right? But I'm looking at the couch, just burned the carpets, burned the house. Smells like smoke. I'm like, what? What am I going to do? Electrical fire. And the guy goes, he goes, all right, I can get you two knuckleheads out of this. You just got to disappear for like an hour and a half and then come back in like an hour and a half. All right, man, you're going to get me out of it. No problem. I'm gone. So we walk down the golf course and we walk down towards the lake and we just hang out there for a minute and they come walking back up and we walk up and there's like four police cars at my house. I'm like, what is going on? Right? So I'm, so I'm walking up the house. I notice our, and this is like back in the day, dude. I mean, even this is like mid early eighties, but even still our, our like hi-fi or stereo or whatever it was is probably from like 19 phonograph. It's like 1969, right? It's like one giant solid yeah, unit yeah. and it's laying outside and our whatever crappy TV is laying outside. And I'm like, what's going on? And the cops are like, I'm walking up. I'm like, what's going on? And there's, you know, okay. my sister's friends sitting there and the cop, you know, that, the crack police force from my hometown is like, you know what? Uh, so two guys broke into your house and, uh, we're stealing this stuff. And these two gentlemen came up and caught them in the act. Really? They took off fleeing, but you know, we've heard about this where they set the house on fire to cover their tracks. Classic. This and that. My mom pulls up and Wet she's like, bandits. Oh my God, we got robbed. And I'm like, Oh, we got robbed. And literally, I guess insurance covered like everything. You never told her that? I, Mandy told her when oh, I was like 35, wow. Mandy told her. So. Man. Snitch, Mandy. Snitch me out. Yeah, she snitched me out. So, yeah, there, there was that. So, there was definitely times when, <laughs> yeah, you, you know. Lied. So, you lied. So, you maybe didn't start off with the most honest track record. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. No, when you're a kid, though, you're not, you know, you're doing it to save your own ass. It's survival. Yeah. yeah. It's, just, it's, not, it's, it's CYA. I don't know that, that that's even, I don't know that you can expect a kid who doesn't have a fully formed prefrontal cortex to be and, that yeah. honest because be it's like, like, oh, I screwed up. You're, you're a. Yeah, that was, that was dead meat. You set that. your house on fire. That's dead yeah. meat. I mean, but thinking back on it, what would happen if one of your kids accidentally set your house on fire? I mean, you're not going to beat them to death. No. You'll just be like, you're an idiot. But you're 12. But okay, you're 12. You've you're just done this. Yeah. There's any opportunity for redemption standing in front of you in the form of 16-year-old juvenile delinquent telling you they're going <laughs> to handle it for it, you. You take that. You, you take the door. Yeah. But there's a difference between being, a, like, you're not a dishonest person. Right. You weren't, you you weren't elements screwing of, your mom over by lying, right? right? No. Like, no. No, and it's like you're just you're trying to save yourself. The built-in that's why people are dishonest in a lot of ways, right? Mm. It's a survival instinct. Yeah, right. I don't want to lose what I have. I don't want. I don't want to face the music. Well, the, okay, music there you go. If there's a way out, why would I face the music when there's a way out? Right. Right. Now, when you're 12, you don't sit there and go, "Oh, I'm a pillar to my community." If if I uh, lose my integrity. Yeah, at twelve. Right. Who at twelve. 12. I mean, you have no integrity. At 12. Yeah, but I think, but I think, I think probably then. I mean, there was again trying to keep up with the Joneses and, and keep up with stuff. And I, and I, dude, and I, that was a habit I was in for a long time. But you know what? I think long time. You know, I talked to my wife. We talk about this not a lot, but quite a bit. I mean, growing up like you did, I don't want to say it's it's harder than growing up like in true pro- poverty. That's it's it, really it hard not. because it, let's clarify. Well, no, it was not. I know, it was but not. I mean mentally because yeah. like my wife grew up in pure poverty, so right? my wife. And, and she sat there and she'll go, "Well, no one knew anybody. You no, don't know. There was you nobody know out there that was like balling, had a new car. Like everybody was walking. Everybody, everybody was, was poor. You didn't expect everybody's anything. poor. So uh, you're around other poor people. So you didn't know what you didn't have, right? Well, Where if you mm-hmm. grow up like that, 
you see everybody. I remember, I remember everybody getting rollerblades. I'm like, I want rollerblades. And my mom's like, well, I don't have money for that. Comparison right. is yeah. the thief of joy. Oh, yeah. Comparison great. is yep. the thief of joy. And when you grow it's up true. with all that, right? When you grow up with, hey, why does this guy have this? Mm-hmm. Right? It, it, it's, it's offensive to you as a kid. You go, why? I want that. I was thinking about that today. One of my favorite quotes is there's somebody out there in the world that would literally murder, you know, multiple for your people life. for your life. For your life. Right? And it's hard to remember that because you lose perspective because you get used to it. You habituate to it. Dude, we, we were just right before you got here because he'd never seen it. I was showing Colt the cages that people live in in Hong Kong for 300 bucks American a month. And in it's Cal- literally like the, a cage. Kowloon side. Sta- yeah. yeah, a cage stacked up on other cages and people rent these like it's a cage. It's They call them cage homes for yeah. 275 bucks American a month. It's yeah. crazy just because wow. the way that it is. But yeah, you're right. People would, would kill for anything that you have. And you always think that you're in a disadvantage here. But I think, I think that's a good lesson. If you're somebody out there that finds yourself trying to keep up with the Joneses doing that, understand... I mean, what is the Joneses, man? Most people right. are probably kind of full of shit about what they're doing anyway. Right. So, I mean, if you, because the problem is social media, you're looking at that, which, dude, I cannot even imagine if I was in that oh, situation yeah. in yeah. The, in this social day and age. Like, yeah. I would have been 10 times worse as worse sure. as I am. I just would have been, which is crazy. Either one of you guys ever tell a lie and it was just, uh, you probably could have got away with it, but you thought you were going to get burned. So you outed yourself. Oh, Did yeah. I ever do that? Yeah, of course. <laughs> what happened? I'll tell you mine. You can tell me yours. <laughs> so, no, no. Here, here's yeah, here's mine. Feeling. Oh no, here's here's mine. So it, you know, this is the worst. <laughs> I think, you know, this is when you start thinking, you know, asking yourself, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> maybe I should do this. <laughs> so me and my buddy uh, Jesse Lamb, uh, when I was in high school, we we sneaked these two girls out of their house and brought them back over to my dad's house. And whatever, harmless high school, you know, kid stuff, whatever. And uh, anyway, so we go drop them off at, I'd call it 3.30, 4.30 in the morning, whatever it was. And as we're pulling out of their neighborhood in my car, a truck comes out of nowhere and runs me off the road, right? Deliberately runs me off the road. And two large redneck fathers jump out of the said truck. Really? And you boys should drop out two girls back there. (laughs) Yes, no. No, yes. (laughs) (laughs) We better follow us back over over there. Okay. So for whatever reason, we follow them back to the house where now all of the families are out. Right? <laughs> it's the, a wedding. The girls are nowhere to be found and all of the, all of the families are there. And I'm like, oh man, I'm like, so I'm freaking out. Right. Cause I'm actually pretty, I'm a pretty decent kid, I guess. Jesse's, a, he's a juvenile delinquent. I sure. guess who called him that. So <laughs> the good, the dude comes over, Get out of the car, get out of the car. I'm like, stay in the car, stay in the car, stay in the car. <laughs> Call the law. And the dude kicks my headlight in. Man, like one of the fathers kicks my headlamp in. And he goes, out, he goes, stay in the car. And Jesse goes, fuck you, I'm getting out of the car. And so he, I'm like, stay in the car, stay in the car. He gets out of the car. And the guy's like, you want to go? And he's like, dude, I'm a, he's like, I'm a minor. His dad's an attorney. You want to hit me? I'll sue you for everything you got. <laughs> like, what are you? And I'm like, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. So the cops come. Right, the sheriff comes because they call the sheriff. Sheriff comes middle of the night. Now you're really like this is unbelievable. Apparently, you've never been to is a this small in like a North Southern Korea. Was no, this is basically 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 the sheriff like comes. Right? Or? No, the sheriff comes, <laughs> and we're sitting in the car, and he goes, uh, he goes, let me see your ID, and I hand him my ID, and he just looks like this. He goes, your dad, the lawyer, <laughs> and I went, yeah, he is, and he goes. I'm going to see your dad tomorrow in the courthouse. I'm going to tell him all about this. 
but what is hang the, on yeah because like, at first he goes you guys you boy because at first he goes you boys contribute to the delinquency of a minor and jesse's like i'm a minor who am i we're not right, contributing delinquency of anybody yeah. how can minors contribute to the delinquency yeah. of other minors you got water wet you got nothing right exactly <laughs> so anyway he goes i'm gonna see your dad tomorrow at the courthouse i'm gonna tell him all about this so i'm like shit so i go home wake up dad dad got something to tell you blah 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 and he grounded me and just took my car away whatever else but i tell you this my dad relished in the next probably two months of every day coming home and saying, nobody told me anything. Another day, didn't hear anything because the guy never told him. Yeah. Oh, really? But I dropped the dime on myself. Like I totally wow. would have beat that charge, <laughs> but I ended up coming clean because I was so terrified. If you heard it from the cop instead of hearing it from see, me. This, see, you know, it's like at the end of the day, you know, nothing you did is illegal. I know this, but I'm. It's just so funny that like, okay. when you go, you're, you're 16 yeah, and there's right, a cop, yeah. <laughs> and and that's the whole thing. Like I try to talk to my daughter about what laws are, and yeah. she'll she'll say things like, "Oh, uh, blah blah blah," and I'm like, "Honey, the law is like a, a lock. It's only for honest people. Yeah. It only hurts people with something to lose, right? Right?" And you, yeah. So, well, you will, you watch a first 48. Those guys, all they do is rat Tell on themselves. It's like stop, yeah. like they call themselves. Steve used the shotgun. It wasn't me. That, no, it wasn't they do. Me. Oh well, we have somebody else in the room. Okay, well, this is what happens. Like, stop telling on yourself. So, is there a time you got caught, Colt? Uh, I would say I get. I, I used to get caught really bad in my early twenties with girls. They'd always just catch me in lies. It was, yeah, oh, that, that I mean, was. Hold I mean, on, hold yeah. on, hold on. Parameters. <laughs> but like, of course, of no, course, Cole like, tells the story. You know, you want to like fifteen girlfriends. I mean, that was such a problem for uh, me. No, so <laughs> the no. biggest lie I got caught in is well, honestly, I really like I said, I didn't really say lies because my parents forced us into that. Like, we'll get you out of trouble. Do not lie to us. And we'd say stupid shit and you'd get grounded. But like we had a guy, German guy that I swear he was like German special forces next to us. He would tell everything that happened. So he couldn't lie. Like, mm -hmm. A guy would just sit out and smoke cigars on his front yard and tell you oh. my parents everything that happened. So you never lied to him. But one time uh, I was just starting to date Yvette my wife mm -hmm. and she wanted to hang out and i was with these two other vet, girls. we need to call a vet find yeah. out what the statute of limitations yeah. on this story she is. knows this story she'll tell you it's, so <laughs> i, I these two other today, girls <laughs> these two other girls that um that she did not care for right didn't like me hanging out with and they want to go gamble and play poker and mm -hmm. that's who i'd go play poker with i'm like all right so yvette calls and goes hey let's uh let's hang out i go ah i'm super tired I'm getting ready to go bed i go oh shit i think i left my phone charger at the uh office you know love you going to bed blah 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 playing poker you're at she the calls. love stage yeah yeah, yeah. 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 and i love oh, you it wasn't love you. Oh, we're beginning. just hanging out like, we've been right, hanging we'll out for a couple night. days <laughs> love you sweetheart this is like two weeks ago. see you at home <laughs> make sure you tuck the kids in no, so she calls and she's like where are you and I'm oh, like, hurry, my phone's about to die. I'm sleeping. What's up? And I was snuck off into the a private room behind the poker room. And she goes, really? Because I'm sitting on your bed. And oh. I'm like, oh, shit. So security's Ooh. coming up to me, trying to kick me out of this place. I'm trying to uh, save my relationship that's just <laughs> starting. They're threatening to spray me with mace because they're trying to get me out of this designated room. It was a disaster. But that was the biggest lie I got caught in. Oh, that's like, a she was sitting on my bed like oh you're sleeping where are you sleeping at? that's man? not good that's what about you connell oh you know the one time where honesty paid off oh no i'll give you one because like i'm trying to think about you can't say which times did you lie to your, your you know a, a woman yeah you can't i mean that's 
basically that's how we lie to my girl that's how we propagate what's what's wrong yeah yeah what's wrong nothing nothing it's like it's constantly you can't be dishonest but you're constantly lying right yeah what are you thinking nothing like, yeah. I'm thinking about you like, you know, great. You <laughs> I wish I could go back and be a high school football here. Like, that's what I'm thinking. I don't want yeah. to vocalize. I don't want to burden you with my problem. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Just, lots of times where that kind of stuff happens. Uh, like I said, our, our species right. would be down to 30 people. Oh. <laughs> men and women didn't lie to it was each just other. Never <laughs> and they'd all just be complete psychos. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, people have no filter uh, no. on them. So, right. no, one time I was working security my first day mm-hmm. at a job. I was 18. I was working security. And they're like, yeah, here's your security shirt. Go work security at 7-Eleven outside one of the rowdiest country bars where I'm from. Like, you now work security there. Like, when you say country, is this like Canadian country? Canadian or, or, or like, you got to remember can, Coulter Wall. Like, that guy's from Saskatchewan. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you're talking about Canada, yeah, Saskatchewan, yeah. Alberta, Montana. It's just all country. It's yeah. a swath till Those Texas. Those are people that until Mexico. want to fight, Mexico's too. country is hell. Yeah. Right? They want to fight. And they drink and they fight, and they're like nope. northern countries. Yeah. Rowdy I tell people all the time, you don't want to fight them. They don't so, want to fight. So this job, tell me if you think this is responsible uh, <laughs> training, practice, and policies procedure, you know, manual <laughs> like, fodder. Like, here's your whistle. <laughs> like, here's your shirt. Go whistle. work security. So it's like, okay. I put on steel toe boots. Uh, it's the only boots I had. Mm-hmm. And I go work security. This guy picks a fight with the person at 7-Eleven. I'm like, hey, I think I'm security. Hey, you get out of here. <laughs> He's like, what are you going to do about it? So I'm like, oh, you get out of here. Okay. I'm going to blow this whistle <laughs> they gave me. So this guy Man, squares up with me. Squares up with me in the 7-Eleven. And I'm making, you know, 48 pesos an hour or whatever. Like nothing. <laughs> like just not making anything. I don't know what it was. Six bucks, seven bucks an hour or something. Right. And this guy squares up with me, and I just catch him, and I just punch him and drop him. And I start kicking him when he's down with steel-toe boots on. Just one of those things. Like, I'm in a fight. I'm I'm kicking this guy. It's on camera in the middle of a 7-Eleven, and I am just kicking. Like, I'm mad now. I'm just – it's no longer about a job. This guy's trying to pick a fight with me, hammered, drunk, and throw him outside, and he's freaking out, smashes the glass in the store, and now it's a whole thing, right? (laughs) So I all of a sudden come to – I'm like, I just – Kick the shit out of this guy with steel toe boots on. I'm like, that's the dumb. I knew better. I should have known better. So I go to the police station to make a report Mm -hmm. myself. Just be like, I I need to get ahead of this. Right. Like I need to get ahead of this immediately. And again, like you said, never heard another word about it. Never heard. Because I had the filed report. I was the one that was the same thing. Yeah, you went did it. So honesty is the best policy when you're really not being a piece of shit. Like you know what I mean? If you're oh, you you know what I heard? I heard. Listen to this story. I'm not going to say names. I heard a good (laughs) story. I heard a story. No, not this one. No, 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 no. I heard this story at the tailgate. On I don't think you were there yet. Okay. The story came on the tailgate that somebody that we know this happened to them. And look, oh, man, no. I've been mad. I've, look, if, if you've seen from my never ending war with chilies, I can lose. I can lose. I can it hold a grudge. Right? I can hold a little grudge. Right. <laughs> about a year. <laughs> apparently, apparently, during one of the preseason games, somebody that we know came out to the parking lot and their car had been door dinged by a car next to them. At which point they took it upon themselves, apparently, to kick this person's door in. Like, massive dent on it. What they did not realize is all of the poles in the parking lots around the stadium have cameras on them. Mm -hmm. They look him up. They find him on the camera. They figure out who he is. They pulled his season tickets Mm -hmm. and banned him for life. Yep. What a so idiot. let that be a lesson to you yourselves. You're always on Dude, camera. Let that be, no, but let that be a lesson. If you spend all that money on PSLs, they can't take it away, and they will. And they will. Uh, so so I, 
I'm not going to get into the details of yes. it. Yes. Similar? Somebody we know, somebody you know, okay. who knows somebody. Okay. They, um, last year, put a post up on Instagram at the Raiders game. You know? Un- unvaxed at the Raiders game. Oh, wow. I got banned for that? So we worked it out. Okay. Sorry. Really? We, we sorry. worked it out. Oh, with, sorry. And we had to show, we had to show evidence that it was like not a true statement. It was just supposed to be funny. Right. And we had to work it out. Wow. Really? But it was like, it was PSL's gone, tickets gone, like nuclear, z- zero nuclear option. Nuclear I think option. People need to realize and it was just that, like, right? yeah, dude, 50 yeah, grand, don't push 40 it. grand. Did, did you read your PSL agreement? I did not. <laughs> well, I'm just like, you know, I just buy the tickets. I don't get in fights. Yeah, but, studio, well, but, true, but, true, but did you, I had no idea they could just nuke you like that. Oh, they, they can't. Can. It's you don't own it. Remember you and I talked about something. I yeah. thought about that the other day, John, what a great idea was. That would have been yeah, if you could have pulled it off. Yeah. Right. We don't need no, to talk about what it is, but John had this really great idea. Mm about maybe some arbitrage yeah, opportunity yeah. and it didn't work out because you know certain yeah i think legal issues or whatever but uh still a great idea and you look at it now and you go those things are very expensive yeah they're ridiculous expensive now and to imagine someone could just take 50 grand out of your pocket <sighs> we would have killed it nope. we would have killed it my idea uh, <laughs> i think i don't think, I don't think we'd have we, we would have got banned from the stadium that's the problem right? happened, but, you know as it goes along but you know, <laughs> you know I, I think that if you're somebody out there that 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 te- you know that tells, I can tell you the moment I stopped doing it, the moment I decided I was done keeping up with the Joneses, I was just done with it. Was it was this was this moment, and it was one of, and it was funny because I perceived this as one of the worst moments of my life. This is what I, I, I literally when it happened in the second that it happened, it was like you would have thought my entire world collapsed, and this is the moment. So again, you get to a point when you start working. And you just get to a certain level in what you do that people just start to assume things about you, mm-hmm. right? And I had, because I did briefly, you know, step foot on the Florida State University, get join a fraternity, you can do those things. I did do those things, but I in no way like had any type of decent academic career or even came remotely close to getting a college degree. But (laughs) I always told everybody at that time in my early twenties, late twenties, whatever that I'd gone, that I'd gone to school and I'd finished school. I told everybody that. Well, you did finish school. See, yeah, I just you to me, I finished with a degree, not in their definition of how it finished. But I told everybody that because I thought it was so important that everybody think that about me. And so I get on The Apprentice, right? And they don't really tell us the pretense of what's happening. And I'll never forget this. I was sitting in the boardroom the very first day we're filming, right? We're sitting there and Trump's laying it out. And he's like, this season is book smarts versus school smarts. All of these people over here have a college degree and all of these people over here are just high school. And I'm like sitting in that chair while they're fucking filming. And I'm like, holy shit my life just completely fell apart because I've told all of these people yeah. that I know, whether I told them, whether I allowed them they to believe it, it, whether I allowed sure, them to assume sure. it, all of these things, I'm just crumbling in my chair. I'm like, I'm furious. That would be pretty. It was bad. Startling. Yeah, yeah. It was a startling thing and there's because cameras running and everything else. But here's the, here's the lesson in this people. Here's the lesson. Nobody gave a shit. 
no, something that I built so high up in my mind, yeah, they don't care. right? Nobody cared. So there's probably somebody listening to this that you're probably fucking holding something back or you've got something that you're allowing people to believe or you're puffing yourself to be bigger than you are or you're doing stuff. It doesn't fucking matter because no. nobody's, nobody's taking notes on you. Nobody's probably, li- people are so consumed with themselves. They're not even they're listening not. to the shit coming out of your mouth. Oh, greatest tell, thing you can learn I in life. tell that. Yeah. My kids, when they get, oh, I've got a big school project that I got to get up and speak in front of people, I'm like, cool, nobody's listening to you. Nobody's They're all not. worried about they have to go up and speak next. So go up first and get it out because no one will even listen to you. But that's that's the truth. Like when I mo- first moved to Vegas, the guy uh, came, was doing some work with and everything kept going, you need to lie about how old you are. You need to lie how long you've been here. I go, no, Why? I've been doing this since 18 years old. If they don't like me now at 25 years old, that's their problem, right? Like my, other people trust me in that. Mm-hmm. And why, I'm, why am I going to lie how long I've been here? Like there's LinkedIn, there's all this stuff. Like I'm not going to go switch switch stuff out because you will eventually get caught. Like especially if you do clients that long, oh. you know, they're going to say, oh, yeah, I remember I, I, this girl when I turned 30 is like, you're only 30? I thought you turned 30 like eight years ago, right? It's you know, like, it's funny. What you talk about when you say out. that, Nobody cares. Literally nobody cares other than your friends who hopefully want the best for you anyway. Yeah. And who would forgive you if, or, you know, if like, let's say but you they came wouldn't up and, even care about something. But no, but they, stupid, but they don't right? care, but it's just like they'll break your chops or you'll do yeah. whatever. And guys, Oh, look at this guy. Oh, Mr. Uh, college graduate over here. Ah. Ah. Nobody cares. Literally nobody cares. Nobody about cares. You other than yeah. your very closest family, mm-hmm. your closest friends, you know, and your closest friends. Like, but it, 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 it's shocking though. Once you realize, because sit there this is what i did and you go who who are you thinking about right now yeah are you thinking about that guy over here this guy and i'm sitting there going you know you're so worried about going out in public and oh my god what if i have this bad haircut oh my god you know my hair's thinning oh my god you know all these things Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, you, people got into your head will probably have no idea that no. any well, of these things are happening. You know, and it's and it's so. And I think the big reason for the puff is social media, and I see people do it all the time, and it just doesn't. Like, I'll see it, and people like I know people that are really good at shit, right? That are really, really, really successful. And they still, for some reason, feel the need to puff themselves up. And I don't understand why. I don't understand it. So yeah. let me let me tell you something that's going to be kind of a shocking. Um, piece of trivia good this is on a true or false question okay, okay. true or false got, got is this for cult don't, or for me don't think don't reverse psychology go, 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 go anorexia is at similar rates today than it was in the 1600s <laughs> were the rates high in the 1600s or bad 1700s false 1800s false, false. 1900 it's consistent over time yeah, same consistent. It's same consistent now. Social media before social media, after social media, we get this thing because we, you know, it's different than when we grew up. But we had that thing that Heather's right. Yeah, before, ah, yeah right? Heather's. Heather's happened before social media, and that was the most mean girl shit ever, right? Right. You think about we're not that different than our parents' generation. We're, we're more sophisticated. We know more, mm-hmm. right? We have yeah. so much more access to information, but we're not any different at literally a cellular level at a, at a socialization level. Mm-hmm. Things don't change from a socialization, you know, level that fast. You know, your grandfather was out trying to get girls and drive around, do the same dumb shit you did, mm-hmm. right? And you don't realize that as a kid. And then when you have kids, you realize, oh shit, my parents didn't know what they were but, doing but, either. But, but, but my it's, but my point is this: my point, like maybe anorexia is a little bit of a, a, no, a, a, a social outlier. What I'm talking about is 
I think it's made it okay to puff. You look at dudes that go go rent cars for the day and lay and lay on top of a, a Lamborghini and say, "Oh, I started an e-com store and this is my car." You know, there's yeah. no reason to do that. You and can like, for, lie about it easier. Well, for, for for example, for example, like I, I I know a guy that's really good at what he does, and um, he's in the tech space. And he made a comment somewhere along the lines that he says, you know, he, and it was like, if you, if you could just do basic math, you could do this. It was talking about like e-com stores or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I've been doing this for 10 years. I've done this, you know, I, I've spun up X amount of stores. And if you do the math, it was like 460 of them like a year. So I'm like, you're spinning two of these up a day from the day you started to today, every single day. Like it doesn't even make any sense, right? Right, right, right. And it's like people just don't even take the they time to look check. at that and say, "How real possible. is that?" Yeah. So <laughs> the, the point, the point is, yeah. the, the point is, if you're somebody that is good at something, there's no, you don't need to inflate no. it. Just be good at what you do. Because if he would have said, "Hey, I've done 200 online stores," that's fucking impressive, and they're making years. ads. <laughs> yeah, be like, damn, that's 20 stores a yeah, year. Yeah, dude, right? that's good, man. That's and, a lot, and they're making, and they're all making money. Like, I, like that's great. There's no yeah. reason to puff with some crazy Eight number. Eight bajillion stores. Yeah. Like, who cares? Well, and, and people, yeah. just, they do that. They just puff. I, I was on a phone call with a guy trying to sell me some stuff today. I go, I'll be real honest. Like, for this business over here, I don't have that capital yet to be throwing that kind of stuff. Give me the base minimum. I'll look at it, blah, blah, blah. And he yeah. goes, thanks. He goes, this is usually 30 minutes of people lying to me about how much money they're <laughs> making. I go, dude, we just started like eight months ago. Yeah. I don't have that kind of capital throw. He goes... I want to, I want to have lunch with you. And I go, why? He goes, I make at least 600 calls a year about this. And it's for a big mm-hmm. local thing. He goes, I talked to big, he goes, they all sit there for 30 minutes. Oh, well maybe, uh, maybe, yeah. maybe he goes, you just straight up said, no, I don't have the money for it. And I go, yeah. there's no need to lie. Lying never hurt, helps anything. It hurts. Right. I mean, you can sit there and say, oh, I'm going to tell you a little white lie about, Oh, if you tell me is this shirt stupid, and I say yeah, it's whatever. It, but is that helping you? No, it's not. Right? Like, no. I mean, lying. But but never. Are, are we focusing on too much on lying as opposed to? Because I think when you talk about a well, we're going to shift honestly. That's the point. We're going to shift to that now because I wanted to talk. We talked about forty-one minutes. All of the things that, that built up and the problems that that causes. And yeah. I think a lot of people, you know, they're stuck in the drift. If you look at the oh, you know, if, if they're stuck in the drift, and you look at the oh fuck moments they're constantly having in their life. A lot of it's because they're not just lying to other people, lying but they're lying to themselves. Right. And they're setting themselves up for failure by not being honest with themselves. Right. And I think that is a huge issue. I mean, for me, you know, like I said, the, the apprenticing was a big deal for me. And I think when that happened and it was all of a sudden like, oh God, you know, and then, and then, and I felt like that was, and the fact that it didn't have long lasting repercussions. And it's so funny now, it's so funny now. Because every time I have to go to a deposition or something, every time I go, you know, the, the attorney in his gotcha moments always like, hmm, mm. did you attend Florida State University? I'm like, I attended my my fraternity in Florida State University. <laughs> that was the extent of my education. Yeah. And I'm just, you know, and they're just like, oh, well, I'm not going to have that one. You know, right. but it, it's just that moment. It, it, and, and there's times when, when, you, when you're up against it, dude. And like for me in the last couple of years, the thing that was really hardest for me was when we were doing all the back fund stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. And all those problems came out of it. And my involvement in that, as far as what the construction and the I mean, defects, yeah. I didn't making those plans. I didn't decide what was going to get fixed. I didn't decide the budgets on that stuff. I didn't decide any of it. Right. But yet when my partner, you know, jerks off to wherever 
hauls ass and leaves all those problems with me, and I wind up defending five lawsuits. And me. And and you. and and Literally, and you. But I wind up defending all these lawsuits as the last man standing. And then one day I'm sitting here, I'm at work, and the front desk lady calls and says, you know, Channel 6. Actually, I'm not here. She calls me and says, Channel 6 investigates us here. And I was like, holy shit. And it was one of the plaintiffs. And I'm like, here I am. I've spent, you know, 10 years of, or eight years, yeah, I guess it was nine years at this point of blood, sweat, and tears building Simply Vegas into this incredible brand. And now, because of some bullshit with a house that I had nothing to do with, I'm going to have the news out here filming my company and bearing our brand. And it was terrifying. And I was like, you know, all I could do was, you know, I called him up and I said, uh, yeah, I'll give an interview. I did it over at, at, at Van's office. And I was like, and I just said, look, I'm not responsible, but I am accountable. Obviously, I'm here. I'm working through this. We've been trying to fix this for two years. I have no knowledge of any of this, but I'm trying to make it right. And we ended up settling the case in the long run. Mm -hmm. But the fact that they tried to drag me down, (laughs) that was some terrifying shit. And it was one of those moments when it's like, you can't squirm. You can't. Not not in this day. That is a scary thing right now. Such an aside, though, when you think about how people think others are going to get their comeuppance. Yeah. It used to. I'm going to call Channel Six now. Now, if you told some 23 year old, they'd be like, "Who?" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but exactly. social media and the internet—it's made it real it's, easy to, very to easy. kill somebody's business. But it's very easy to lie. Yeah, on oh, social media for too. sure. Yeah, it, it, and, and you talk about honesty. How do you how do you remain honest and have integrity, right in in the jungle? Well, I think that you know that's that's the key to it too. It's it's is honesty is so tied to integrity. Mm-hmm. It it is so intertwined with that. Intertwined with that. It really really is. Um, I think, and honestly. Who gives a shit what everybody thinks about you? If you start lying to yourself, that's, that's when you're not yeah, going to succeed. And that's like John s- said, like start being honest with yourself. You want to know somebody that's got like anxiety or stuff? It's because they, they're in their mind being honest with themselves, right? And they're yeah. getting upset with stuff or whatever. Yeah. I mean, yeah. When you start being honest with yourself, like, like you always joke, what's one thing you'll never do? And it's like, well, I'll do anything, right? No, no, I will not cold call. You know what I mean? Like, and I've been working on finding somebody cold call for me. But if I'm going to lie to myself, going, yeah, I'll I'll cold call, cold salt. Yeah. I mean, mean, it'll never help me. No, that's why so many people get stuck is Mm -hmm. because they start setting unrealistic goals for themselves and they start setting goals with action plan steps that they are never going to accomplish because they are not either not within their comfort zone or they just like you just said, if you wrote it, if you wrote a business plan. And it said, oh, I'm cool. going to call call on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Nope. And you already know you're not going to. You're, you're stupid. Yep. And th- there's a really difficult thing that happens there. Because sometimes achieving your goals or changing you your outlook or changing out, your yeah. future involves doing things that you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. And so if you are in one of those situations where your escape is through a, a process that you don't enjoy, my advice for you if you want a good piece of advice is get around other people Mm -hmm. that do enjoy that process. Because when you start seeing others do it, you get around it with regularity, things change for you. Right. I couldn't agree with that more. I think (laughs) when people have good partners, because you know, one's shake, one's big, Yeah. Yeah. you know, and they don't do the same thing. You know, you're not complimentary. You're complimentary. You're not right. Right. You're not not that similar. It's funny. John and I were talking one time a long time ago and he goes, you know why I really like this guy, Chris, because I asked him a question. He said, I don't know. Yeah. Like you were taken aback when the guy didn't bloviate. Yeah. 
You it know, keeps you out of trouble too. Because you're like, hey, what's it? I don't know. No idea. Okay. Explain to me what you just said there. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, know what, what that word is. <laughs> yeah, it was just one of those things. I just what? had that last uh, Friday. Two attorneys on the phone with. Uh, I'm trying to sell this gold mine. Oh shit about gold. And I sat <laughs> there. I'm like, do I need to know what that means? They're like, no, no, okay. Do I need to know what that means? Because I don't know what that means. Yeah, it means this. Okay. Yeah. So then we should put this in contract. Like if I just sat there and pretend like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. these guys were putting together deals with the minerals and stuff that I had not a clue what they're talking right. about. Yeah. Well, I think so many people are just not honest with themselves about where they are. Right. About where, about their situation. You know, they think, you know, because it's so funny, man. I think about my life when I was kind of, as I call it, stuck in that drift. Right. And I think about the movie, uh, two for the money with, uh, Al Pacino when he was a gambler. I know you hated it. Cole. It's fine. <laughs> But here's the here's the scene in that movie. There's two things that I always think about in that movie. One of them is the Doors movie, when Val Kilmer says, "I'm like a poet trapped in the body of a clown." That always seems yeah. to screw up at the biggest moments. But then I think about the Al Pacino movie, where he goes to the Gamblers Anonymous thing and he says, "You're not addicted to gambling. You're addicted to losing because you never feel more alive <laughs> yeah. than yeah. when you're on the razor's edge trying to figure out how to save your ass." Yeah. And I feel a lot a lot of kinship to those two statements when at that period of my life, I feel a lot of that, like, Oh fuck, you know, how am I going to get out of this? And it was kind of a rush to get out of it. The, friend, the friends of it. Eddie Coyle. Yeah. To bail, to, to bail yourself out of that, out of those terrible situations. So if you're somebody that has a lot of the situations, maybe ask yourself, <laughs> you know, do I kind of enjoy this in a weird perverted odd way? Cause maybe you do. That's a really good point about being honest with yourself. How many people are addicted to conflict? Oh, have my God. Met, have you ever oh met people that just everyone else is an idiot? Every single want, person our friends every, got dates. Every, <laughs> no, and I was going to say, I don't mean like I'm not trying to rag on Scott, but the majority, like those girls love conflict. Every single girl. He and gets. he doesn't give them conflict. So and they, they hate it. They just thrive even they more. And it. I told them, I go, dude, they just thrive off of you listening to him and not saying nothing like this. <laughs> yeah, there's no pushback. I had a date this weekend. He sent her home. Yeah. And he said, I think we would both be happier if you weren't here. <laughs> Messed up that. Oh, my God. I love that guy. I was crying when he was saying that. No, but people do. Some people love conflict. Some people yeah. like being sad, right? Yeah. Like, you'll listen. They thrive on yeah, energy. I tell people all the time, if, how do you yeah, listen dude, to that? I'm I'd be I'm, crying. I'm if telling you, if, if your <laughs> energy thrives on negativity, right. you're Act. never going to get anywhere positive. you got to start figure replacing. out a way to make money off of and, that. Well, yeah, dude, and you got to uh, be honest. you got to be honest about it. And I think so many people are not. They, they yep. just, we all know people that are happiest when they are unhappy. Yep. We all know people that are happiest when they are mad. I mean, it's, it's a weird deal. Like my, and, dude, my, and, and it follows them and you know, everywhere. Who they are. you know, who they are because, and they're not honest with themselves. It's always somebody else's problem. And there's that yeah. whole thing. If everybody on earth thinks you're wrong, you're, you're an opinion, asshole. You know, yeah. If you're the only person in the room that thinks you're, you're right. right, you know what? Yeah. You should probably find a room full of mirrors because it's yeah. just a big you problem. It's, it's a problem. So I would say, you know, again, be, be honest with what you're at. And here's another one, man. I got to tell you, this is a question I love when people come to interview for the company here. And I like to ask this question, um, but just when I'm talking to them and, and I'll ask them their financial goals, right? Like what's your financial goal, right? And so many people will just throw a number out there. Like here's the, I want to make 150, I want to make $200,000, whatever it is. And then I ask them normally a question right behind it and they cannot answer it. You know what that question is? What would you do with it? Why? Or why? Yeah. Why? Why do you want that number? What's that number? And the reality of it is, 
It's yeah, just some no, mis- they it It's just some a- magical bullshit number. They they think $250,000 is a lot of money. That's what I think I want. Oh. They but they haven't been honest with themselves about why they want that. And the, and, the, and the hard truth is most of them that say that are a lot not most, but but a good portion of them that say that it's not even real because they would be ultimately happy with half as much money. Sure, sure. Hey. They just don't know. I, so what they've done is they've thrown out a number that they haven't researched. They don't know why I'm they want make that a amount. Million of money. Just, this year. Yeah, they don't know why. Yeah, but and they wouldn't they, be happy with. Yeah, they have like no idea why. Because I, I did that with somebody. Yeah. I did that uh, with some people out of Utah. I go, okay, made X amount up here this month. Would you guys be happy with that number for a yearly thing? Absolutely. I go. I know you would. I know you'd be happy with a third of that for mm-hmm. a yearly salary. Yeah. Like. Let's get on the phone, do it. But they do. They always just throw out, oh, I need this number. I yeah, need this c- number. And c- it's c- like, no one can answer why. Well, I know exactly good, what I that's need. That's what a make. good agent, good salesperson, good whatever was. They'll make it real. Like, they'll make it tangible. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Because if it's, it, if it's you know, if it's something in the ether, it's impossible to wrap your mind around. Mm-hmm. Right? You ask a question, why do you want a Rolls Royce? It's like, I, I don't know. Really? Like, I mean, because it's cool. I like it. But do you really want it? Think about it. Do you want to pay you know, $3,000 yeah. oil change? Do you want... It's like the more you do that stuff and you're honest with yourself, you can come up with a, an honest answer. But that takes mm-hmm. some, that takes some questions, right? What's a num- what number do people throw out? I'm always million. curious with that. I, I, no, get, I, I get a lot. I get a lot of two hundred. I get a lot of two fifty. So they want to make two fifty. Two fifty, and that's they think a lot. I get a lot. And, and they don't know the answer to the question. That surprises me because well, if you, I, I since I was sixteen, they say, "Why do you want to make money?" It's like so I can buy real estate, so I don't have to work. Yeah, but keep in mind the, the answer for a lot of for a lot of people when when they say that that number, especially here, is they know what the agents here make. So some of it is some of it is is doing what I used to do, which is trying to lie to fit in. Mm-hmm. Some of it, like, oh, I'm gonna be a baller too, so that's the number. Now, some of them are very well thought out and could tell you to the penny what they need that money for. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's not just everybody that ever interviews yeah. for a job, but it just, when you see that, it just shows that there's such a lack of self-awareness sure. for yeah. what they're really saying and what they're doing. Like, if you're having a problem with self-awareness or you can't figure out uh, that puzzle for yourself about the why of what you do, Sometimes it's best to find mirrors to look in right. and, and those mirrors can be other people. They can be your life, but you got to take a good hard look. I mean, like, for example, why did I, you know, now that I'm, now I'm down 15 pounds, I'm still going, I'm f- two months into a, in, into this heavy workout, track your food, all of that stuff, all of those plans. Why did I do that? Because scrolling down my feed was that, that picture of the Instagram where it said this dude was one of our clients and he came to us and he thought he needed to lose, you know, 25 pounds, but he really needed to lose 65 pounds. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you're like, Holy crap. I saw, I saw myself in that photo. Yeah. Well, I remember when you did the speech on stage too, which one that's the number one way to get someone to get in shape, by the way, show them pictures where they weren't realizing. Oh yeah. The camera on them. Yeah. No, that's a great, if that's a great story. Yeah. yeah. Which is just, you know, by taking pictures or snapshots of your own life to, to, to really review what's happening. And yeah, what are you doing? And see how honest you are. But again, man, you know, if you, if you let's sum it up. If, if you had to give people one bit of advice on why to be honest with themselves, what reasons to be honest, what would you say, Connell? What would your sum up be? Because the value of integrity, you can't pay for integrity. You can't buy back reputation. You can't pay for any of that. I don't care how much you have. When things matter and they come down to it, you know, people are going to have to trust you and they don't trust you if you're dishonest. And you can, people have a, a sixth sense about honesty. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you know, you know, when you're talking to somebody and they're full of shit, it is so it's like, you can't explain why it's just something in your eyes, the way your face moves. It's a thing. Yeah. And I believe that a lot of people have a pretty good, cause 
everybody I know that's a bullshitter, other people figure they're bullshitters eventually. Yeah. They get found out. You will get found out if you're a bullshitter. Do you think you can, I mean, outside of maybe selling cars, do you think it's a long-term success plan? To ever <laughs> well, you know what? This is going to sound really cynical, Yeah. but I know a lot of people that are good at spinning and babbling bullshit, right? And they're on to the next thing. Hey, oh, I'm a crypto miner. Oh, I'm this guy. Yeah. And they just move to the next thing. And there's a, a young generation of people that want to believe so badly yeah. and they want to mentor all those other things that, you know, we'll probably get to in time. We're going to, yeah, we're going to get to those chapters. About how to so choose a mentor many and all people that, that want to believe Yeah, mm -hmm. we have an un unflappable sort of humans in our human spirit is this mm -hmm. desire to believe in people we need community yeah. we need people within our dunbar's number right or you know whatever but a while since we had the dunbar you know what i watch a good documentary and they kept bringing that up really cool it yeah. was talking about how bias works and racism and stuff they're like that's right. because back you you're hunters your with 15 other people you all look <laughs> yeah. the same like yeah. i don't care from now on but yeah don't. and i i want a chief yeah. People, yeah, men want to be led. Yeah, mm -hmm. and that's something we forget a lot of times. You know, is that so? These guys that put on the cloak of the leader, right, and they get busted. Well, in this day and age, you can reinvent yourself and keep kicking the can down the road. Look at all these guys that get popped for fraud. It's not their first rodeo. And they yeah. keep doing it. Look at the fire festival guy. They've all had a yeah. thing before. Where they'll they got make popped. money again. There they were seven going. things before, and there'll be ten things in the future. Well, let's assume that that's not how you should live your life. <laughs> it's not how you. No, it's no I, I, and I, you can make short money that smell way. Just smell out. I was short money. I'm with you. You can make you can make short money that way, not but you're, you're never going to have. But here's the one thing, man. If you really want true success and you want to escape the drift, it's not just about money, man. Right. It's about success, and a big part of success is peace. And I yep. cannot imagine that if you are spinning a Looking web of lives in every damn Looking direction, you're going to have any, any yep. level of peace. I can't yeah, imagine no. that. I agree. All right. Well, guys, thanks for joining us again. Thank you so much, man. I hope you enjoyed this. We're going to do one on, on each little chapter that I have going in the book. Again, dude, shoot me a DM at the John Gafford on Instagram. Tell me what you like, what you didn't like. Uh, let me know that any feedback is helpful. If you just want to say something nasty about me, send that to Colt. Colt, how do they find you? <laughs> uh, Instagram. What's your Instagram? Colt underscore Amadun. There you go. And, DM me. and counselor, if they want somebody that lies for a living, they find you, just <laughs> well, don't call me. If you want somebody no. who's going to get some integrity, <laughs> car accident, Conalaw LV on Instagram. Uh, the vote for the best of Las Vegas is going on right yeah. now. So if you're watching that, that, personal injury lawyer, Conalaw, car accidents, let's do it. Vote for the old Conal. I love that. All right, guys. Remember, once again, as we ended every time, if you're going to keep moving, man, if you got to move, move forward. All right. <laughs> See you next time. Hey, it's John Gafford. If you want to catch up more and see what we're doing, you can always go to thejohngafford.com where we'll share any links that we've, things we talked about on the show, as well as links to the YouTube where you can watch us live. And if you want to catch up with me on Instagram, you can always follow me at thejohngafford. I'm here. Give me a shout.